Welcome to Syracuse University Talks Business, a collaborative podcast about the innovations, challenges, and opportunities in the modern business world and their impact on other industries. This podcast is produced by the Whitman School of Management at Syracuse University. I'm Jenna Lique. Today's conversation is all about the topic that is taking the world by storm. That's cryptocurrency. We spoke with a couple of experts to gain insight into this ever-growing innovation. Assistant Professor of Entrepreneurship at Whitman, Christiana Belavides, and Associate Professor at Syracuse's School of Information Studies, or the iSchool, Lee McKnight. Together, the two bring expertise from both the business and technology sides of cryptocurrency. But before we get into all of those details, it's important to have a basic understanding of the space. For that, let's turn to Professor Belavides to give a brief overview. And then a deeper dive comes from Professor McKnight. Cryptocurrency can uh, can be considered any form of currency that exists digitally or virtually. And the innovation is that these currencies use cryptography to secure a transaction. Uh, usually, cryptocurrencies also run on the blockchain, and that's uh, that's where they started. And overall, there are more than one thousand. There's thousands of cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrency. There's three three words: cryptocurrency, virtual currency, digital currency, which mean potentially slightly different things. Uh, cryptocurrency refers to the sort of original vision. Uh, Bitcoin or Bitcoin-inspired, cryptographically-based cryptocurrencies, as uh, Professor Velovitis described. Uh, digital currencies may not use uh, blockchain uh, and the distributed ledger technology underlying uh, cryptocurrencies in general. So, like there is central bank digital currencies now being worked on, most prominently right now the digital yuan of China, and there's others. Those are not distributed and decentralized like uh, cryptocurrencies are. And then New York state regulators use the term virtual currency to sort of cover umbrella of this whole space. There are a lot of different names and sectors under what is commonly known as cryptocurrency. This term is one that you've probably heard floating around since its creation in the 2000s. But it's still not something that is mainstream enough to be the primary form of currency. The professors come together again to break down Bitcoin and other types of cryptocurrency and why they aren't super common just yet. Some central banks are talking about uh, their own version of digital currencies, such as China. Um, uh, Ecuador is, is using uh, uh, Bitcoin as a national currency. So there is an increasing awareness of cryptocurrencies around the world. Having said that, if you, if you go beyond the uh, cryptocurrencies as a sort of speculative asset is not really used as a mean of exchange. So to replace, for example, the US dollar, I don't know the numbers, but I would say is a very small percentage of international transactions are actually running on Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. So I would say the, the main use at the moment is speculation. So as, a, as an asset, as an investment, um, as a currency itself, is not very it's not widely common bitcoin is a terrible at its original objective it's a very bad payment mechanism it's very slow it's very it's very limited in the number of second you know transactions per second compared to your visa paypal venmo any anything else is everything else is or apple pay everything else is better and faster than bitcoin transactions 
However, as a store of digital value, because of the way Bitcoin was created, where there'll never be more than about 20.3 million of them, that it's, it's, it has risen in value. Other uh, cryptocurrencies, there, there's one that's used by the banks for like interbank transfer, international flow of funds called XRP or Ripple. So that's actually faster. And it's, it's, but that's one's also caught up in regulatory controversy right now in a lawsuit with the SEC. But that's one used, that is used, but that's used by transactions um, between banks. And like you and me as normal people can't use it ourselves for transactions that we can invest in it. It's a little weird thing. So we're kind of in this weird speculative space where people are in, you know, do you invest in dollars in currency? Some people do invest in currencies, but it's a small number. The actual use as a currency for exchange and transaction, it's used for that way, but by, you know, very few people in most contexts. So it seems like the space is still in its early stages, suffering some bumps along the way, but could pick up steam in the future, specifically in the realm of personal investment. There are hundreds of options when it comes to types of cryptocurrency, which can make it challenging to know what to invest in on your own. Professor McKnight gives some warning before jumping into this opportunity that can be risky. I always tell my students and in my lectures, I say 40% of those are scams, ripoffs. 40% are started by people who don't know what they're doing. And then 20% of them may at least, like they're at least attempting to create new value or do something innovative. So that's, some people just say it's all speculation, it's all scams, it's, it's not, it, but there's a mix between scams and ripoffs and people who are wrong and will be proven wrong by history and those will disappear. And then there's some fraction out of that last 20%, that's my estimate, that, that are at least trying to create a long and sustaining uh, new business models and value going forward. And so the challenge for any one of your listeners is saying, be careful, stay away from the scam ones and be careful, stay away from the ones with people who don't know what they're doing and who are sure to die. And at least if you're gonna speculate or invest, at least do it in the ones that have a chance that are at least serious about trying to create something new of value going forward. This warning makes sense coming from Professor McKnight, who conducts research on the blockchain and the cloud management of cyber physically secure dynamic edge services. Now let's hear from Professor Belavides and his specific expertise when it comes to thinking about cryptocurrency internationally. Um, I've actually wrote a paper on uh, um, crypto blockchain cryptocurrency regulation around the world. And there is a huge amount of variation. So some countries are actually interested in promoting uh, um, cryptocurrency businesses, cryptocurrencies in general, for example, Singapore. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have countries like Korea or initially China that actually banned ICOs and cryptocurrencies, trading and so on. So there's a huge amount of variation in terms of regulation across countries as well as across time. It seems the stigma around cryptocurrency changes from situation to situation. The currency is highly regulated and isn't exactly helpful for transactional use. So that begs the question, what does this mean for the future of crypto? I always think that the parallel with the internet is a fitting one in the sense that at the beginning, the business models and the companies we had in, in, in internet companies were not very sound. Everybody was kind of speculating that all these companies would just go to the moon, as some people say, and, and grow up in value. 
and then over time we went back to fundamentals of business which is is there a business model is there profits is there interest of why customers want to buy or use certain products that go beyond just speculation and i think this is the future i think the future of cryptocurrencies as a speculative mechanism will be very limited to some cryptocurrencies but a lot of new companies and cryptocurrencies will revolve around business fundamentals which means what's the use what's the use case why do we need this currency what can we do with that professor belavides believes that cryptocurrency can survive if its value can be justified in the business model professor mcknight however thinks it's always going to be part of conversations even though there are concerns I don't think cryptocurrencies are going away i think they will be part of the landscape uh, longer term and certainly here in the u.s you would not be i don't, I don't expect uh, Bitcoin or any other of these like private currencies to be out and out outright right banned. I think we have a new digital asset and innovation landscape, including cryptocurrencies, digital currencies, virtual currencies, NFTs, decentralized finance, um, and more things to be invented across the space where the regulators will struggle to keep up, but we're not going to shut down uh, private digital asset creation. Cryptocurrency may not even become a primary source of currency based on what our experts have to say about the future. But the topic is still social media friendly enough to stay alive even if it's sustained just by media. That brings us to the more specific sensationalized terms. First, the now meme Dogecoin. Professor Belavides confirms that it is indeed a joke that produced more than expected. It's basically just a joke. And if I remember correctly, the creators uh, started um, Dogecoin with the idea that they just wanted to prove that there was this speculation and so on. And it's not the first time. There was, a, I remember, um, an ICO that uh, I think was called the Useless uh, Ethereum ICO that was launched, I think, a few years ago. And the creator said, this ICO is useless. This token cannot be used for anything. And all your money would just use by me to buy electronics. And you would expect that nobody would ever invest in that uh, ICOs. But in the end, they actually raised uh, a few hundred thousand dollars. And so as a parallel, you would think if someone is starting this coin as a joke, nobody will actually ever invest in it. But through public relation, I think Elon Musk was involved. At a certain point, the coin reached almost a dollar in value. And that is about $100 billion in market cap. So the entire amount of currency of Dogecoin was worth $100 billion. Now it went back to $0.1. So it lost 80%, 90% of the value. But it's still $10 billion for something that, again, was started as a joke. That's just one concept that has been all over social media. The other is the NFT. And Professor McKnight is here to break down the new trendiest investment opportunity. The term non-fungible token to me sounds like super geeky. And I can't believe like everybody, every sports star and music star and everybody knows about NFTs now. <laughs> so that's what's caught on is this very super geeky term. But it's non, so it's non-fungible token is like a cryptocurrency, but it's all unique. Instead of, you know, each Bitcoin is like every other Bitcoin. Each a cryptocurrency unit is like every other one. That's kind of the idea. Like you can have $1 that's worth $1 and then, then two, the next dollar is worth $5. Doesn't make sense, right? But now NFTs, where each one is unique, it has been attractive for uh, tying 
for music, art, sport, um, many different applications um, uh, where uh, these unique digital assets are, are being traded and invested in and also speculated about right now. So all in all, the worlds of cryptocurrency still yet to be fully explored. The future could look different based on a bunch of different factors. Regulations, value, and social media all have a part to play. Syracuse University gives its faculty the space to explore these unknowns and equips its students with the knowledge and experience to conquer these topics in the real world. Thank you to our guests for their time and expertise. This has been Syracuse University Talks Business. I'm Jenna Lique. Talk to you soon.